You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans. Welcome to an Englishman in the Balkans podcast with me, David Pecinovic Bailey. In this podcast, you'll get a unique look at life in Bosnia and Herzegovina through my eyes, the eyes of an immigrant. Each episode, I share my experiences living in this often misunderstood country and introduce you to some of the interesting people I've met along the way. From exploring the rich culture and history to discussing the challenges and joys of immigrating to a new country, this podcast offers a thoughtful and engaging look at life in the Western Balkans. How have you found it, first of all, being here in, in, in Bosnia-Herzegovina? That was awesome. I didn't know how to ski until like four days ago. So you've actually learned to ski for the first time here? Yeah, yeah. And what's it like being on slopes that were used in earnest, I can say, back in 1984 for the Olympics? I mean, this was an Olympic venue. It's not often you get a chance to use an Olympic venue for learning to ski. I mean, don't get me wrong, the fear was in me, but sorted now. I was like going down the... I accidentally kind of think I went down a black route on my first day, which was terrifying, but it's, it's good. What's the highlight of your time here, either skiing or food or entertainment? What's the thing that you're going to take away from here with you? Probably third day skiing is when I like really got it and it was completely clear up the mountains and that was amazing just spent a whole day and there was no one up there though so me and Jack just had a whole day on routes we were just the only ones cutting them up. Did you manage to learn any of the language while you've been here like to, to order a beer or anything? Va people that's all you need two beers it's easy. <laughs> This is the Balkan Adventures podcast. Everyday life and experiences in the Western Balkans. There's lots of crazy things that happen in Balkans. For example, you find somebody that's come all the way from a mountainous country to, uh, to enjoy skiing. Elke's from um, Norway. First question has to be, why would you leave Norway, a country renowned for great skiing, for great ski locations, to come to the Western Balkans just outside Sarajevo? Because uh, I would say I'm a little bit curious. I like to go to new places to uh, search for other things, you know, and that's one reason. And uh, the second reason is uh, for a Norwegian, it's quite expensive country, so it's for me it's very cheap to go here. Where did you find out about Sarajevo and the fact that there's skiing available here? I had a British colleague I worked with uh, some years ago. I'm on uh, the LinkedIn, and I saw a link to a web page on his LinkedIn page. That's uh, the way I found it. What was your first thoughts then when you saw that? I mean, you say that, you know, it, it's nice to go somewhere else. It's new, but thinking about Sarajevo, I don't know, it wouldn't be my first thought of somewhere to go. I might say yes. So what actually enticed you to want to do this? Yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit curious about uh, new places, and uh, I've been many different places, and when you think back to the 1990s, and no, I'm not afraid of going to Bosnia. That was not the case at all. So because I'm curious and uh, want to meet other people instead of going to the classic places like France, Austria, and so on. What are the people like here, the people that you've met, the local people? The ones I met here are very nice. I have been mostly speaking to the guys working here at the hotel and the places we go after skiing. And when I passed by today, uh, the guy where we used to go, he said, hello, my friend. <laughs> very nice. The slopes, the amenities, 
How do you rate them compared to where you've been before? I can compare them with uh, Austria and uh, I would say, of course, the ski resort is not as big as uh, the big places in Austria and I've been one to, one to France, but for me, uh, it's totally okay. I don't need uh, places like uh, Kitzbühel where I've been before. This is good enough for me. Are Norwegians alpine skiers or do they go do cross-country? Because they're a distinct difference and I, I've found that out over the last 48 hours. What have you been doing here? Has it been this race down the slope of alpine skiing or going off and wandering through the wilderness? Yeah, I'll be honest to you. I brought uh, two pair of skis. I brought my alpine skis and I brought my cross-country skis. But I figured out there is one possibility for cross-country here. Many other people refer to it as a langlauf, but I could see they hadn't prepared the tracks, so I have been doing alpine skiing most of the time. Back in Norway, I do a lot of mountain skiing, so I haven't done alpine skiing for two years now, but it went well. The alpine skiing here was fine for me. The lifts, the other facilities that you need to get to the top of these mountains, good, bad, reasonable? Yeah, I would say they are good, and uh, I mostly used, or all the time I used six-seaters, and even one of them have, had a shield for the wind, so that was very nice. They are fine. You brought your own equipment. How difficult is that from all the way from Norway to here in the Western Balkans? Slapping all that kit must also be a bit of a worry, a bit of strife, if you like, at times. No, I had one stopover flying out of Oslo that was in Istanbul, and the luggage went directly, and I was picked up at the airport, and the guy who picked me up helped me carry, so no problem. Tamara and I were, earlier on today, down at, um, at the bottom of one of the slopes, and one of the things that sort of like impressed me was the fact that there's such small children on skis, and I'm led to believe that you have a phrase in the Norwegian language that some of your children could possibly be born with skis. Is this true? Correct. I've seen it referred to in Norwegian papers, but I think it was kind of denied, so depends on where you come from in Norway. So at the coast, where there is not so much snow, you would find people who never skis. By the way, I met a Bosnian with his son yesterday in the lift, and I asked him, how old is your son? This guy was from Sarajevo, and his son here was three and a half years old. Having been here now, and you've done some skiing, you've experienced some of the local life, the atmosphere, the culture. Going back to Norway, how do you think people are going to receive the stories that you tell, the anecdotes that you tell them about, that there is somewhere other than Norway that has really cool skiing? Yeah, I think uh, they will be a little bit surprised. People at my age, of course, knows that the Winter Olympics was here in 1984, so they should be aware of its possibilities to do alpine skiing here. But I don't think many people back in Norway, when I think about Bosnia and Herzegovina, I don't think they think about skiing. One thing that will stick in your mind from your visit here, what would that thing be? What would that subject be? What would that thought be? The people I met here, I would say, is probably what I will remember. They are very friendly, I think. And the loaded question, when are you coming back? <laughs> Actually, I, when I found this, I have uh, friends who are interested in hiking and skiing, so I suggested for them that maybe we go to Yahorina in 2018, and I think they were a little bit skeptic, so therefore I thought, why don't I go here now and have a look? I'm retired, so I have plenty of time, so we'll see you next year, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Just not.
was Damir Imamovic and Sarajevo. I'm David, this is the Balkan Adventures podcast, another Yaharina special from the slopes of Mount Yaharina where back in 1984 the ladies' alpine downhill race was conducted. So we found out from Elga why he, as a Norwegian, has come here. I caught up with two other guys as well while I was here on the mountain. The first was Martin, who's a ski instructor with the British Army and has been training up two groups of young soldiers on basic skiing techniques. This is the Balkan Adventures podcast. Well, I arrived about 12 days ago um, and we've had two weeks of skiing, two one-week packages of five days, well, five days in total, and they've had a tour day as well, which I didn't, take invo- I didn't get involved in. We're teaching basic ski fundamentals and it's the basic teaching the guys from who've never skied before to literally put skis on and, you know, plough parallel down a slope safely. When one talks about skiing, from my point of view, the buzzwords of Val d'Isère uh, and other exotic places in France or in Austria or in southern Germany, but we're here in the Western Balkans. 20 years ago, there were troops here keeping the peace, and now you're back. Why is it being conducted here in Sarajevo? I think one of the reasons we're here is because of the cost, you know, if you go to the likes of Val d'Isère, Teens, the Three Valleys even, you're looking at three times the amount that we, the, the guys here are paid to come skiing. However, for what we're trying to achieve, you can achieve it here rather than go over there. Okay, we're not talking 300 kilometres a piece, but what we're talking about is 25, 30 kilometres of decent groomed runs. And to be honest with you, there's not many guys who can out there say, I've skied the Olympic ski run. The boys we're teaching this week, they've skied the, the downhill, they've skied the slalom, and they've skied the Super G. So it's a really, really good idea for them to come to an Olympic venue and actually get a bit of the atmosphere and a bit of the feeling that they've skied the same resort that somebody in the 1980s has skied who was a top at their game. That is quite amazing to do your first ski course and yet you're doing it on such, yeah, fantastically famous slopes. How did they react to that? Yeah, they loved it. That, actually, that was their highlight, you know. When you, when you take a, a beginner from, from nothing and at the end of the week they're skiing a black run and, you know, the locals here, they actually had a, a slalom course out. They were doing the same slalom as other people there who, who were training. And when you tell them at the end of it, by the way, that was a black run, that was their, the slalom Olympic ski course for the women, 1984. It sort of dawns on them how much of a thing it was and how good they've got from day one. You're the instructor. What did you feel about it? I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. You know, I've skied a few places. I've been to a lot of places skiing. I've skied for over 30 years. And I think the potential here is unbelievable. Skiing and other adventurous training is still very, very important to the armed forces. But being here, you were saying earlier on about the value for money. Does that really, I mean, you do this now training people wherever they are and wherever you're required to do it. Money is becoming a a major component of not doing things now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, the ATG have just released a document saying that they're going to reduce the amount of public funding that goes towards overseas. Overseas, you know, expeditions as such. 
And I think if that's the case, places like Manya Harino will become a more popular tourist resort for the military skiers because it is such a cheap place to ski. When the boys came here and, and knowing that they were coming to Bosnia, without asking them all, what was their impression? What sort of vibes did you get from them? I actually got the transport with them, so normally the instructor had just arrived on his own, but I, I met them at the airport and we travelled through together and it's kind of a strange feeling. The guys were saying, oh, look at the, the buildings there, you can still got the bullet holes there. You know, there's still buildings that have riddled, you know, with war. It's kind of weird, you know, certainly I've, I've served here myself, so I understand what it's like. The younger lads were sort of, oh, we, we weren't expecting this and it was quite an eye-opener for them. You know, you get further away from Sarajevo and, um, yeah, the mountain's great. There's still signs of one or two things of it's not quite there, but the, the resort's really, really opening up. We were chatting briefly before we started this interview and it seems that we were both in the Banyaluka Metal Factory in 1998, although we didn't know each other then. I've seen the country develop and change. For you, what have been the main takeaways of coming back all these years later? I'm actually quite I'm, I'm surprised how welcoming the hospitality of the place is unbelievable. I, I can't say anything about it. It's, the hospitality is, is unbelievable. You know, they're, they're really making us feel welcome. They enjoy our company. They're really, really happy that British troops are here. Although not many know that we are British troops. We're a group of British guys skiing. There are one or two that have understood that we are now military. You know, they're really, really forthcoming. They're really, really open. And they, they've accepted us with open arms. The cost effect is in the front of everybody's mind. To be honest, without pulling any punches, the value for money for skiing here against going to Teen or Valzeo, how would you rate that? As an instructor and you're teaching a, the, the fundamental basics for skiing, I'd say the resort could do with a little bit more. However, the potential is there. And I think within two or three years, once they realise that potential is there, more and more people have flooded this place. There's a lot of ski schools already in, in the mountain. It's a really, really good resort. So value for money-wise, I believe I'd rather come here again than go to somewhere like Valti. And, and, and not for the value for the ski money, it's for everything, the après ski, the cost of food, the cost of living. You know, I mean, a beer here costs one euro. A beer in, in Valti is 10 euros. It's a, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. The guys like that, and uh, you know, and that's the thing. Skiing's about everything, the training and having a, a sociable afterwards. And that's the thing with this. It's not a sociable where it's going to be frowned upon. It's a quiet pub where the guys have a few beers together to form a unity and then they go home. And that's what it's like. And that's what I like about this place. It's nice. You have a rather luxurious lifestyle, if I can say. Before this, you were in another country and after this, you're going somewhere else. So you do quite a lot of ski training in quite a lot of venues. What is your favourite venue so far? My favourite venue over the years or as an instructor? I'd probably say my favourite venue for an instructor, if I'm going to be honest, I'd probably say Southern Germany is really nice. Austria is probably my favourite venue, but I think Bosnia is now up there. And I'm actually looking at this for a future place to bring a group of guys myself when I when I leave and join the reserves. This would be something. This would be one of the top resorts I'd come to for cost, for facilities, and for general enjoyment. Because I, I can't think that none of the lads have not enjoyed their times here. This is the Balkan Adventures podcast with me, David Bailey. Well, we found out from Martin about teaching people how to ski here on Mount Yahorina, just outside Sarajevo. But the young man in charge of bringing these two groups of uh, young men to be trained is uh, Duncan McLaughlin. It's Duncan McLaughlin, a young British Army officer. So why did he decide to plan his ski trip for his young soldiers here? This is the Balkan Adventures podcast. When I was at Sandhurst in my second term, we have a structured adventurous training expedition. And we had a Bosnian cadet in our intake. And then so we had a mountain biking expedition, which was organised for us to come out to Bosnia. And we spent a week of throwing ourselves around the mountains. And had, during the summer, we had an absolutely amazing time in 2015. And I think it was that diplomatic kind of relations between the 
two countries to build that bond as we have so quite close. And that's why I got the idea for a skiing expedition because the people we were, we, people we were living with and the people that were hosting us kept mentioning about the, the skiing they have during the winter. That's, that's how they keep themselves going. They do mountain bike during the summer and, and skiing in the winter. So then two years later, down the line, where I'm the person in the hot seat having to create my own expedition for my OC squadron, and I've been asked to create a skiing packet for our, for our squadron. I then think back to my experience here in the summer of 2015, and Ats just adored it, and I just thought that let's build that into a winter expedition, and looked into it more, and you say, bring it into the 1984 Winter Olympics, if it's good enough for them, and it's good enough for us, had absolutely cracking time. The company that you're working with, or the company that's provided the facilities, as you were, is a British company, how did you stumble across them? Well, it's modern day internet, I think, that's uh, the main thing I use, going on TripAdvisor and going on, uh, and, and Googling different things within the different companies within the, the region and then found the, the right mountain that we wanted to work on and then we found the company that we worked with on that mountain and that was Ski Sarajevo. Have you done skiing before or is this your first time skiing? No, I've skied a little bit before but this is my first actual skiing expedition with the army. Have you found the facilities and, and this mountain and its infrastructure compared to the previous experience that you've had as far as skiing is concerned? It's not as large as the Alps obviously as it's a single mountain composed as opposed to a set of mountain ranges but the quality of the snow here is amazing. You've got you've got enough slopes to keep you keep you occupied for a, for a full five day expedition. And I've not been bored here once on the slopes. Always finding new places to go. Always finding new routes to cut through. What did your soldiers think when you mentioned, "Hey guys, we're going to go to we're going to Bosnia"? What was their reaction? So surprised. Definitely think. They thought it was something definitely off the books, and they did completely um, off the cuff, and they didn't they, they were completely right field, and they didn't think that this was going to be what it was like. They, they were expecting a worn, torn country with dilapidated buildings and substandard kind of standard life, but coming out here, it's just so metropolitan. Everything it's you, you you wouldn't be you wouldn't be um, you wouldn't be made a fool of if you thought you were in in Austria or, or, or somewhere like that. When you go, especially in the, you go into the city in Sarajevo, and you see the you see the stunning architecture from the, for the 14th century, the 15th century, and it's and you just wouldn't. It's incomprehensible that 15, 20 years ago there was there was conflict here, which is a city under siege. But it's stunning. I was talking to your ski instructor Martin a little earlier, and, and it was quite quite surprising that we actually were in Banyuluka at the same time. Uh, many, many years together. Martin said things had changed and he was so pleasantly surprised with the way that the local people have uh, received the party. What's your feelings been towards that as the interaction of the team, uh, the young men and women that you, you've had and, and the locals here? Well, I think the locals have been nothing but pleasant. They're at, and they're, it's just nice that they're, they're, they're actually really eager to get in, involved with, um, with customer care and and hospitality. I've, we've been welcomed everywhere we go. And speaking to Ski Sarajevo in terms of the certain bureaucracies that have, and paperwork that's been required for our military ex- expert, I think the, they know that we're part of the, the military and so, the, and so the, the, the people within the hotel that have been, work, been working for us. And they've been always really intrigued and they've always been really pleasant. Everyone's been really, um, really helpful and actually put in, I think, I think put more in effort because of our military experience rather than we are tourists. It's no secret that money and the military today, there's cuts, there's cuts, everybody's saying we don't have money to do this and to do that. Being here, has, has it made it easier because of the costs of being here to still offer quality adventure training uh, to young soldiers at a reasonable price? Without a doubt, we've had 
couple of difficulties in terms of funding just because we are we've done it at a subunit level so there's less money in the pot and we have we don't have a great deal of people on the trip so we've so we've had a very limited pool of money and ski Sarajevo and the, the and Bosnian skiing in general has really made it possible to actually get the standard that we've achieved throughout the last two weeks as opposed to having to go for someone more expensive in the um, in the three valleys or what have you but I think the um, with the upcoming difficulties with the British Army and the public funding that they've now taken away as of April 2017 for overseas expeditions, the budget's only going to get tighter. The purse strings, the purse strings are only going to get pulled closer together. So the value for money is going to be more important than it ever has been in terms of adventurous training. And Bosnia and the Balkan states seem like the perfect answer to that question. When you go back, you're going to have to sit down for days and days and write that post-exercise report. While you're doing that and mulling over what you're going to put down on your report, what will be the main takeaway, the main memory from this first trip to Bosnia for you? I think for me, it's got to be it's got to be the laughs. The laughs we've had on the slope, each other doing well, each other not doing so well. At the falls, the spills, the thrills. I think I can't think of a time in my short career that I've had so far that I've laughed so much in the space of a week. And finally, and it is a loaded question: When are you coming back? Hopefully next year. Same company, same time make this a yearly thing for our squadron. To find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com. See you next time. So, that's it for this episode. Our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you like this podcast, then please do leave us a review or send us an email. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support us and the production of future episodes, then please consider maybe giving us a tip or becoming a member of our podcast family. The link to do that is in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it. To find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com.